podcast was brought to you by mozo.com.au. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to a, another episode of this uh, this little operation that we like to call the Finance Burrito. My name is Tom Watson, and uh, aside from co-hosting this podcast, I'm also a journalist at financial comparison website, Mozo. Uh, now, I'd usually be introducing my co-host, Liv, at this point, but as we mentioned last week, uh, Liv's abandoned us temporarily. Uh, for the light, for the uh, delights of Tasmania, I believe. So, subbing in for her once again is Mozo content writer, uh, podcast researcher, and I guess all round fantastic uh, human being, Jada RM. Oh, what a beautiful introduction, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet. You're never nice to me. <laughs> I'm That's so. Absolutely. Oh, please. I am so excited to be here and to chat about today's topic. Absolutely. Well, so am I. So, uh, you know, let's get cracking right into it because today we are continuing on with our sustainable finance series by delving into the topic of carbon offsetting. So, you know, how does it work? Is it a real solution? And is it something that you should be watching out for as a consumer? And Jada, no pressure here, but you're our lead energy writer at Mozo. So I'm going to be relying on your knowledge to, uh, to help us guide us through this topic today. Oh, the spotlight is on, but I shall do my very best. Excellent. Let's get into it. Grab your keep cup, park yourself under a tree and prepare to save and spend ethically. Alrighty, let's set the scene here. So let's say that you are, you're booking some flights to Cairns. You're making use of those high-price tickets we got going on at the moment. You picked your airline. You got your, you know, your date sorted. You locked in your exit row seats because you need that little bit of uh, extra legroom. And now you've ignored the meal deal section and you're skipping through the, you know, the insurance and the hotels and the car rental deals and God knows what else there is. Uh, and you're heading towards the finish line. But wait, what's that? One final option has appeared. Would you like to pay two dollars to offset your flight? So I feel like a lot of, for a lot of people at least, that is the first or you know maybe their only interaction that they will have had with the idea of carbon offsetting. So Jada, can you kind of remind us what carbon offsetting is actually all about? Yeah, for sure. So here is the quick version of carbon offsetting. So carbon offsetting is the process of compensating for carbon emissions made by an individual or organization by investing or participating in schemes that make equivalent reductions for these emissions. So for example, with that flight scenario, by consenting to carbon offset your flight, the airline in return will then work with sustainable organizations to balance out the emissions made from your flight. So I guess that's a, that's like the general idea behind it. But what's the the next step? Like, how do you balance out an emission? <laughs> yeah, I know it's a bit of a weird one. So once you've said yes, I agree to carbon offset my flight, electricity usage, or whatever it is. The company mm. then are required to purchase carbon credits, um, and they put they purchase these from programs that are working towards reducing emissions worldwide. So those programs could be around growing renewable energy, reforestation, or repurposing waste. 
So these credits, they also, they act like a kind of currency, so they can be traded and sold on what's called the carbon market. And just a quick little fun fact for you, uh, according to the clean energy regulator, one carbon credit is the equivalent of one ton of carbon dioxide. Wow. Okay. I actually can't conceive what a ton of carbon dioxide looks like because it's like that's right. So. Like I've just, for some reason, my mind is imagining someone out there with a big net trying to kind of <laughs> catch it. Capture the air. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so when companies say that they're, you know, carbon neutral or carbon positive, um, what you've just described is the process that they need to go through to achieve that, right? So, yep, that's right. So there are third parties that actually certify companies as carbon neutral. So, for example, Climate Active is one of them. They award companies that have achieved a zero emission status. So if you see a company with a Climate Active trademark, it means that they are totally carbon neutral. Um, Some of the companies that they've certified that you might have heard of are Telstra, Australia Post and Jetstar. Oh, wow. That's surprising. Yeah. I would not have thought of Jetstar as being a carbon neutral con- uh, company. I was I was shocked by Australian Post. I was like, that's random. <laughs> yeah, I guess I've seen um, the kind of the carbon offsetting um, packages option before. So, you know, they probably use a lot um, or, you know, in their deliveries. So and to I be honest, I contribute for probably half of it with my online shopping, but that's not what yes, we're talking about. Yes, that is about. very true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> So I feel like we've got like a a pretty good handle on what carbon offsetting is. But I guess the other thing I'm really interested in is A, whether or not Australians actually know about the carbon offsetting programs that are out there and B, whether they're actually interested in, you know, forking out their cash um, when it comes to checking that box or opting for a company um, with an offsetting program. So you've delved uh, delved in and got some stats for us on this, right? I did. So in terms of awareness about carbon offsetting, it's actually pretty low. Um, I came across this 2014 paper from two researchers at the University of Queensland, and they did a survey um, around carbon offsetting, and they found that 65% of people actually had no idea of what carbon offsetting programs were. Wow. That's... That's a lot. So yeah. only, what's that, 35% of Australians had any idea about carbon offsetting programs, which, you know, it surprised me because I feel like a lot of people would have seen them at least uh, like we said in our example, you know, when they're booking flights. Like it, I assume you'd heard of them before, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think it comes down to the fact that it just might not be a term that people recognize. So, mm. Yeah. And how about in terms of like actual adoption? Did you find anything on that? Yeah, yeah. So what I found interesting was from that same paper, uh, 10% of domestic passengers are paying to carbon offset their flight. Okay, so so low knowledge, but 10% of people who obviously do know about it or, you know, actively um, see it will engage in it and pay that $2 or whatever it is to offset their flight domestically. So... Uh, that's that's probably more than I expected because I feel like a lot of people might see that um, that option to carbon offset on a flight um, and think, well, what's this actually all about, right? 
Yeah, for sure. And we actually had a couple of people in the office that we asked about this, and they said exactly that, that they were skeptical about um, where the money was actually going to or the authenticity of those programs, which is, you know, it's pretty interesting. Um, And that kind of raises our next point, because before we get into today's interview, I think it's important to raise um, this point that carbon offsetting isn't without its criticisms, right? Yeah, that's right. It's a bit of a sticky situation. So Mm. the major argument is that carbon offsetting programs, they don't actually address the urgency of climate change because emissions are still being produced and are entering the atmosphere. So, Mm. yeah, so a lot of people just kind of say or see carbon offsetting as just marketing fluff uh, from companies. So, and there are also concerns about the reliability of the offsets being sold to companies and whether or not they're actually meeting expectations. So, yeah, pretty much what you just touched on. Um, right. Yes, I think that's pretty natural for people to be skeptical about that, right? Oh, hundred percent. But um, but on the flip side of it, for me, there's there's no doubt that any program that's all about renewable energy or conserving forests are a positive thing. Yeah, I guess that's the the other side, isn't it? That, that, that there is this positive. Um, it's just whether it's doing enough, perhaps. Um, you know, these these issues are never straightforward, <laughs> um, and well, at least not straightforward enough to condense into a uh, single podcast episode. So, in saying that, I think it's about time that we introduced this week's interview to uh, to lend another perspective on the issue of carbon offsetting. Yeah, let's do it. So this week we sat down with Catherine Anderson and she is the Chief Customer Officer at PowerShop. So for a bit of background knowledge, PowerShop is an Australian energy retailer who are owned by Meridian Energy and they're a 100% renewable energy company. So that means they only own and manage renewable energy generating sources like solar power, hydroelectricity and wind power. So... Mm -hmm. For the past five years, PowerShop also has been offsetting the carbon emissions associated with their customers' electricity use. But why would PowerShop need to do that if they're owned by an energy company that only generates renewable energy? So we'll get into that and more in our chat with Catherine. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us today on the Finance Burrito. It's uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. No worries. Thanks for having me. Um, so before we dive in to kind of specifics, could you maybe give us a brief introduction um, to what carbon offsetting is, um, perhaps, I guess, in the context of PowerShop? Sure. So I probably should caveat and say I'm by no means a carbon accountant or a specialist in this space at all. I like to think of myself as just a normal person who's a little bit interested in it and happens to work for a company that's been in this space for a while. So I don't want to offend any experts in this space, but I'll give it a go to answer your question. Perfect. <laughs> so look, in PowerShop's case, we're Australia's first power company to be credited 100% carbon neutral. So it's something that we've been um, working at for, for quite a number of years now. And the way it works for us, there's, there's actually two elements to our carbon offsetting. So, well, I should say it's all done through the Climate Active um, network. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them at all, but they're the Australian government kind of accreditation arm um, that a lot of businesses um, are accredited under. So that's a great place to start for anyone who's looking for info um, on this stuff. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, so in PowerShop's case, the first element of our carbon offsetting is that as an organisation, we're certified as 100% carbon neutral. So that basically means 
any emissions that are generated for us to just run our business. So whether that's um, business travel or energy usage or anything at all, um, we will go away and offset those emissions. So we need to do the calculation. And then what happens is behind the scenes through a, through a trading process, we will go away and purchase carbon credits or certificates to bring ourselves back to a neutral state. So those carbon um, certificates or credits um, are produced from projects in Australia, but also all around the world that are accredited under this UN framework that allows them to do different type of work that generates a credit or a certificate, which allows us to end up in a neutral space. So that's for our company, that's how that works. Um, given we are an energy company, we, we also retail electricity and gas, and we made the decision to offset 100% of the carbon associated with our customers' energy usage. Um, so that's just another element of our, of our carbon neutrality. Um, so yeah, that's, that's us um, and that's how it works. It's all behind the scenes traded on a carbon, a carbon market. Yeah, great. Um, so I know that you mentioned that PowerShop um, have been doing the carbon offsetting for a number of years now. Um, but I just wanted to know what was, um, with the green energy and this kind of sustainable thinking, was that always part of uh, PowerShop's vision, I guess, from the get-go? Yeah, so our parent company is, is Meridian Energy, who are a um, generator of renewable energy only, so from, from wind and hydro in particular. So I guess green energy in inverted commas or sustainability, um, or sustainable energy, sustainable business has always been at the core of, of why Meridian exists and, and why we um, still kind of are, are around today. So it's, it's at the core of our business, absolutely. The decision to carbon offset came in a little bit later. So the way the energy market's structured is, you know, all these different sources of energy are generated and pulled into the grid. Now on our side, we're only generating from, from renewable or clean sources, if you will, so, so from wind and hydro. But what happens is those electrons get mixed up with all the electrons from fossil fuel and then get sent to everyone's home or business. So for the case of our customers, they, they're with us for, for our green credentials and our passion for the environment, but we can't actually control which energy goes to their home. So in the beginning, that decision was made to carbon offset our customers' energy usage. It just felt like the right thing to do. It felt like something that we could do for our customers um, on, top of, on top of the renewable generation piece, but actually it was sort of a, a bit of an educational piece and also just giving customers a chance to take that first step into well, what are some additional sustainability options for me? How can I be more sustainable with different companies that I choose or my behaviours? So we really saw carbon offsetting, you know, many years ago as A, the right thing that we could do, um, something that we could do for our customers, but just also a, a way to start the conversation around sustainability and sustainability practices as well. So you guys are kind of like in my head, like you're producing um, kind of sustainable um energy uh -huh. and then you're also doing that on top you're doing this carbon offsetting on top so you're kind of like almost like double dipping in a positive way is that the kind of <laughs> the right way to think about it yeah i don't know if that's the technical term but um absolutely but, not no. <laughs> <laughs> no absolutely like you know the we we only generate from 100 percent renewable sources and then this whole concept of you know that's our business and that's our business practice and that's our area of expertise but what else could we be doing and what is an additional way to engage our customers in this space? It's, it's a really confusing industry, the energy industry, like how energy is generated, how it gets to our homes. Like it's quite complex and it is changing a lot all the time as well. So carbon offsetting, I think 
in the beginning it wasn't that common, but now you'll see it across a whole heap of different industries. Like you can send your parcels in a carbon offset away. You can buy carbon offset jeans. Like it's becoming much more, I guess, part of the common vernacular. And we're, we're kind of proud to be a part of that and that our company has always been, um, I guess, in that space and, and really feeling passionate about um, spreading that kind of option in terms of sustainability. I guess that leads on pretty nicely to my next question, which is, you know, I assume this process of carbon offsetting isn't free for PowerShop to do, but is there any cost to consumers? Like, is there a box that they have to check when they sign up for an energy plan? Like when you purchase a ticket or like you said, when you uh, opt into carbon offsetting for a, a parcel or whatnot? No, so we've never charged our customers anything additional for the carbon neutral energy. So you don't have to opt in. You just get it. Whether you like it or not, you get it. Um, so, <laughs> Forced yeah, carbon never... offsetting, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I probably shouldn't pitch it like that, should I? <laughs> but um, no, we just, we just kind of set it up as that's just what you get with us. There's no additional fee for it. You don't have to have been with us a certain time to get it or anything like that. So again, I think it just harks back to that idea of, it's, it's kind of in our DNA at, at PowerShop or mm. at Meridian Energy to, mm. to be in, I guess, part of that sustainable solution for the energy industry and for our customers. And so it just felt like the right thing to do. Um, and it's much more common now, which is fantastic. It's awesome to see a lot of other businesses in energy, but even outside, um, picking it up and, and running with it as well. There is this potential option to um, carbon offset with, uh, you know, say palm trees or whatever. Um, palm oil, which, yeah. Palm oil, sorry. Uh, well, palm trees, palm oil, uh, which might not be the most like ethical thing to do, even though it, it would kind of check that box in terms of, um, you know, uh, carbon offsetting itself or getting the carbon credits. But you know uh-huh. that's um that 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 makes complete sense so we can we can I kind think, of oh sorry yeah no i was gonna say like it's interesting so carbon offsetting is absolutely not the be all and end all of sustainability initiatives and mm. it's it's definitely not the answer it's just in my opinion part of the journey part of the solution it's something quite easy and understandable that businesses and consumers can take part in um i think and, and, you know, you sort of allude to, is there any issues around it? Like, they're absolute, it's absolutely not perfect. Um, but, but I really do believe that we need to take these steps towards things like carbon neutral to help open up the conversation and to help people understand, all right, well, if, if carbon offsetting or carbon neutrality is about bringing myself back to equilibrium, what else could I do on top of that? And that might be a behavioural change of, well, I might use less energy around my home or I might be less wasteful with different things. So it, it, in a way, it's actually just about opening up conversations and thought processes around behavioural change, around purchasing habits, around what's important to you, what type of companies do you want to purchase from. So, yeah, like carbon offsetting, 100% not the, the final answer to the world's um, environmental issues. But I'm, I'm pretty passionate that it is a, is a really great tool in people's, I guess, toolkit to, to become more sustainable. And it's a fantastic conversation starter as well. I guess you've got a very kind of uh, informed and engaged, um, you know, customer base um, who are probably very receptive to carbon offsetting as, you know, one of your programs. But when we were doing our research on this uh, topic for the podcast, we noticed that there is a 
bit of, um, you know, maybe a negative reputation um, around carbon offsetting or at least a, a bit of scepticism out there from people about how some companies are approaching it, like especially in terms of, um, of greenwashing. So I'm wondering why you think there might be the scepticism out there and whether you think some companies, and I'm not suggesting PowerShop needs to do this, but um, whether that needs to be, you know, better education or, or, you know, better education for consumers um, on the subject more generally, I guess, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, I don't know if it's right to say scepticism, but, you know, there's, and that's what I was alluding to before, like carbon neutrality or carbon offsetting, it isn't the perfect answer. So Mm -hmm. I don't know that it's scepticism, but I think it's more challenge of, this is not the ultimate answer. I think everyone's somewhat okay with that. It's it's part of the answer. Um, and aside from just flipping the world upside down and starting all over again, you know, we, we have to take some positive steps in the direction. The steps aren't perfect, but they're on the right, they're on the right path and it's getting people to think differently as well. So I think it's 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 healthy that there's challenge out there around carbon offsetting. I think we're, you know, I'm really comfortable saying it's not the perfect answer but it's something and it's, it's, it's definitely what we need to get that conversation started. Mm. I think COVID as well was quite interesting. Um, we did some research that people actually have become more aware um, around their impact on the environment, you know, now that they're spending more time at home. We also came out of the really um, terrible bushfire season right before COVID as well. So as these different, um, I guess, external influences start to change our thinking and start to change the, the rhetoric in the media, I think people are becoming much more aware of, of their impact on the planet and, and different ways that they can play a role to be more positive as well. So I think we're, we're under a crucial amount of change, no matter what industry you work in or what country you live in. Um, and I think there's a lot of positivity that will come out of some of the challenges that we face. Yeah. Um, so final question from us. So you guys already do so much around um, green energy and sustainability. I mean, you guys have the title of Australia's uh, greenest energy retailer. But I'm curious as to whether you can share any future plans that you have with us. Um, Nothing specific except to say that our ambition is to really change the Australian energy industry for good. Um, And we have a lot of ambition to grow our footprint in Australia um, being a company that only generates from 100% renewable energy, um, that opens up some exciting opportunities in that space. Um, and obviously, the more customers that we have as part of our organisation, the bigger impact we're having in terms of helping people um, reduce their environmental footprint, um, creating some of that behavioural change. So although I can't share anything really specific, I think we are really excited about continuing to have a, a positive impact and I don't know, just being like a power company that people deserve, one that's that's really trying to create some positive change. Yeah, I love that. And um, I know you hear a lot about like uh, companies going like carbon neutral, but I wonder, does PowerShop have any plans to go carbon positive one day? We have a lot of exciting plans um, coming up. I won't I won't allude to any, <laughs> but you'll just have to wait and see. Oh, what's in, oh what's in I'm excited. Yeah, um, look, I think our ambition is to always be setting the bar higher um, and we'd love to always be working towards um, that next step. And I guess it's what I was talking about in terms of carbon offsetting. It's, it's one tool in the toolkit, but there's a, there's a lot of things in the works that, that I think PowerShop and or heaps of different companies can start taking control of as well. So I think there's a lot of exciting things to come. 
Leaving us on that uh, teaser, Catherine. Jeez. (laughs) Stay tuned. Oh, dear. That was a challenging question. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) No, well uh, well answered. And thank you so much for uh, for chatting uh, with us today as well, Catherine. It's uh, it's a really interesting topic, not one that I knew a lot about beforehand, but um, (laughs) I've learned a lot already um, and through this conversation. So thanks so much for chatting with us. No worries, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So what's the bottom line? All righty, Jada, start us off. What are your takeaways on carbon offsetting? Okay, so for me, I think carbon offsetting is a step in the right direction in terms of awareness around climate change. But is it the proper solution? Probably not. Um, I guess carbon offsetting gives Aussies and organizations that space to make a positive contribution. And from an individual's perspective, it does get us thinking about our own carbon footprint and what else we could be doing for the planet. And for me, that's always a good thing. But what about you, Tom? Uh, I mean, uh, pretty similar to you. Uh, I think that's interesting about the the awareness point as well. I think that's important. But uh, generally, I'm kind of torn. Like as a consumer, I'd definitely be attracted to companies that are carbon neutral or ideally carbon positive, um, at least over ones that aren't. And I'd also probably be happy to keep paying that little bit extra to, say, help offset a flight that I take or a package that I send. But this whole conversation has definitely made me a little bit more skeptical as well. Like, I, I guess I never really thought about it as an issue before. But for me, the major takeaway is that it's, uh, you know, it's not, it's not enough just to offset the emissions we're responsible for. Like you said, uh, we and I guess the companies as well have to do more to reduce those emissions. Um, anyway, that's, uh, that's my two cents. Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely think that at the end of the day, it does just come down to personal choice and, you know, what aligns to your values. And at the same time, you don't have to just rely on your energy retailer or your airline to do that hard work for you. So there are small things that you can do every day, like purchasing secondhand items where you can, reducing your energy consumption or staying local with your grocery shopping. And hey, that's, you know, they're really good points and they're very on point with the conversations that we've been having throughout this series so far that it's always in our hands as individuals. Like, uh, you know, meaningful actions um, that you can take at an individual level can really make a difference. Yeah, for sure. And like one of my favorite sayings is that you vote with your money. So it really is just up to you at the end of the day. Yeah, that's really, that's a really good point. And I think it's probably a pretty fitting end note for our episode today and uh, and to end our four-part series on finance and sustainability as well because this is the last episode we'll be doing in this series so we hope you've uh, you've enjoyed them so far because we definitely enjoyed diving into these topics I know <laughs> I've I've learned a lot uh, but don't worry because we'll be back with our next series in just a few weeks time and in the meantime we'll be uh we'll be all up in your podcast feeds with our bonus news episodes as well so uh you'll uh, be able to catch up on those um jada it's been an absolute pleasure chatting for these last two episodes so thanks so much for stepping up and uh and taking on hosting duties no worries it's been great fun we'll have to do it again sometime yeah so as always make sure to subscribe if you haven't already and go check out the finance burrito page on facebook and instagram 
Also, a big thank you to the team behind the burrito, our lovely producer, Claire, our social media boss, Rihanna, and our brilliant researcher, me. I wonder if you were going to say that. (laughs) Couldn't resist. Couldn't resist. No. (laughs) Anyway, see you later, guys. See ya. Just remember, as Mozo writers, we're providing general financial product information. So we're not taking into account your specific financial situation, needs, or personal objectives. We are not recommending any specific product to you. The best advice we can give is for you to make your own financial decisions and seek out independent advice. This podcast was brought to you by mozo.com.au.